Amazing. So today's daf is daf Yudalid, page 14 in Meseches Moed Katan. We pick up on the bottom of 13b, um, the brand new parak. We're starting a brand new chapter over here. Today's daf is very, very practical um, for our understanding of our laws and what to do, practically speaking, on Chol HaMoed. Let's get going. We are four lines from the bottom of 13b. And without any introduction needed, because we've uh, already been introduced on previous uh, dafin to this concept, let us get learning. Ve'elu megalchen b'moed. The following people are permitted to take a haircut and shave on chol ha'moed. Now, if the Mishnah is telling me that the following people are permitted to take a haircut and shave, we can imply that in general it's not allowed. But there's some exceptions. Every rule's got some exceptions. All right? So who are the exceptions? A person who shows up from overseas. So he wasn't able to take a haircut or shave previously. You know, they tell a, they tell a joke. There's a, there's a rabbi who didn't know when to stop his sermons. He didn't know when to stop. But he had a rule. If you're in the sermon, there's no leaving. If you're there, you're stuck. That's it. So one time, the rabbi starts his drasha, and he's going on 15 minutes, half hour, 45 minutes, an hour. He's going on and on. Finally, one guy stands up and walks out. The rabbi calls him out. He's like, excuse me. There's no leaving. Where do you think you're going? He says, rabbi, I'm going to get a haircut. He says, what type of excuse is that? You could have got a haircut before I spoke. He says, rabbi, I didn't need a haircut before you spoke. <laughs> All right. So, so the, the the following people they're not able to they weren't air, they weren't able to take a haircut or shave before Yom Tov. He's coming from overseas. or he was released from captivity. Or he was led out of prison. Okay, these are real forced situations where you simply could not have could not have uh, prepared with a haircut prior to yomtiv. Or a person was in cherim where he's not allowed to cut his hair, and the chachamim removed the cherim. They removed the excommunication from him on cholamoid. And similarly, similarly, a person who had a vow that he's not going to take a haircut or shave, and he was his vow was released. By a chacham on cholamoid, vahanazir and a nazir who completes his thirty days, vametzora or a metzora mitumasir letaro, who's removing his impurity, becoming pure. All these people are now in a situation where immediately prior to yomtif, they were in a predicament; they couldn't cut their hair. Therefore, we say now you can. Let's just explain for a moment. Let's talk. What we're starting to see from the Mishnah is that. The prohibition of me cutting my hair on Cholamoid must have something to do with I could have done it beforehand. Right? If you could have done it before the Yomtif, there's no excuse to come into the holiday not prepared. If you're not able to do it prior to Yomtif because of the various circumstances that we just explained, we say, okay, you're an exception. We, we don't expect anything else from you. And you are permitted to take a haircut and shave. And the Gemara will get, will, will get more into this. All right? But just, just to get some clarity over what's happening. All right, let's keep going. That was the law of haircuts. What about doing laundry on Cholamoid? Okay. 
laundry is considered extra effort. And it's, you know, it's not yomtif like, this is not, people should not be uh, uh, busy sidetracking their simchas yomtif by doing laundries. But the following people are permitted to do the laundry in Cholomai. Habam din sayam. Also, a person comes from overseas, or he's led out of captivity. By or he's permitted to leave prison. We now turn to today's daf, top of 14a, Yudalim or a person was in Kherim, he was excommunicated, and the Rabbanon removed that. And similarly, a person who, was, who had a vow on him that he wasn't allowed to do any sort of laundry, and that vow was nullified by a chacham, by a sage, so now he is able to do his laundry. Mit and this is going to get very practical for us. Hand towels, okay? Hand towels. Now, what we're getting into with this explanation is hygiene. We know that in general, in halacha, one is not supposed to be doing um, laundry on cholamoid. But what happens if you need it for hygiene? For example, you have guests. Um, or, yeah, you have guests in your house um, over the first day or two of the holiday. And they leave. And somebody else is coming and they're going to sleep in the same beds. Do we say you have to leave your linens because you're not allowed to do laundry? Or do we say, no, for hygiene, you're permitted to wash. So the Mishnah here is letting us know, with, I don't want to get too into the practical halacha yet, but the Mishnah is letting us know that hand towels, we're dealing with hygiene, okay, are, is allowed to wash. He's allowed to be washed. And also the covers that the barbers would put over their, uh, their clients. And it needs to be changed and washed in between clients. We have to see if you can't get a haircut, why are you washing in a cholamayid? Okay. Or towels that are used for bathing. And towels that are used for bathing very often touch body parts that are schwitzy, could get dirty, and it's not so hygienic to be sharing these towels. Hazavim v'hazava is a zav and a zava. So they had a, a flow come from their body that transmits impurity. V'hanidos and a nida. V'hayolados, or a woman who gives birth. V'chol ha'olami tumalatara. And anybody who's removing themselves from a state of impurity, going to a state of purity, harei elu mutarim, all these people are permitted to do laundry, however, ushar kol ha'adam asurim, if you do not fall into one of these categories, for, um, for, taking, for cutting one's hair, or for laundry, everybody else is forbidden to do these things on cholamoed, to take a haircut, or do laundry, and the Gemara will explain why. Okay, here we go. Let's get into the Gemara. Ushar kaladam, everybody else, my time asurim. Why, in general, can't a person take a, cut their hair and do the laundry? What's the problem? Yeah, I want to look good on the holiday. I want fresh clothing. Come on. Yeah? Says the Gemara, we'll explain. Kedetanam, we learned in the Mishnah. Very important message over here. Anshe Mishmar, the people of a Mishmar. Anshe Maimon, the people of the Maimon. Asurim, the Sapper, the Chabes. During their week. They are not allowed to take a haircut or do laundry. Those of us who learned the Mesech the Tainus learned that when the Kohanim would go into the Beis Hamikdash to do their week of service, there were always Yisraelim that would go to the shuls and do their davening. Now, this was a week of service of God. The halacha was, you weren't allowed to do your haircuts or do your laundry. 
we'll, we'll explain why. Mutarm lekavet Shabbos. How? Oh, I'm sorry. Ubechamishi, but on Thursday, mutarm lekavet Shabbos. You can't take a haircut and do your laundry. Viyamar Rabba Barachana Amr Rabbelazar, and Rabbelazar says, "Name Rabbelazar, my timer. What is the reason why the people of of the Maimed and the Mishmar this week of Avoda? Why couldn't they do the laundry and take a haircut? Listen to this." When you show up to a meeting with the Lord, you better be prepared. You don't show up on shaving and without a haircut. The same way when you come to a king and you, you have an important meeting, that's what a holiday is. It's called a moed. A moed literally means a meeting. It's a meeting between a Jew and God. Who are we to show up to the holiday not having fresh clothes, not having, uh, you know, not being prepared with a nice haircut. Therefore, says the Gemara, this is why we're not allowed to do an Acholamayid. So that people shouldn't say, you know what? It's so busy leading up to the holiday. It's so busy leading up to the Yom Tif. No, I'll get a haircut on Acholamayid. That's disrespectful. That shows that we don't understand what a, what a festival is, what a holiday is. So to stop that, to prevent it, the sages said, no laundry, no haircuts. This way everybody will show up beforehand, ready for their meeting with Hashem. Hachanami, so to over here on People should not show up to the holiday when they are menuvalim, when they are not in top-notch, uh, top-notch shape. Okay. Bay Rav Rav Zera asked a uh, question searching for information. By the way, I just want to add something that I, that I uh, heard from, in the name of Rav Pam, Zechron of Racha, the Rashiv of Tarvadas. He, he was talking to husbands, husbands who've been married for a number of years. And he says, let me ask you something. When you were courting your wife, when you were dating, didn't you make sure you were always presentable? Right? You shut up. You look nice. Eh? He said, just because you're married to her now for 40 years, 30 years, 80 years, 100 years, all of a sudden it doesn't matter anymore? He says, you have to keep courting your wife. You, whenever you're in a relationship, you got to make, make sure that both, both spouses, yeah, the, the same respect that we showed in the beginning should, uh, should continue. It's not, only, it's not only in the start, but throughout, throughout the relationship, it's important to, to, to show our loved ones that we respect our relationship with them. We're prepared for it. Okay, by Rav Zera. Rav Zera asked a question searching for information. If a person lost an object um, on Erev Yomtif. Okay, right before the Yomtif. So here's his Shaila. Ready for this? You're busy looking for your lost object. So what happens? I don't have time to do my laundry. It would have caused me a financial loss if I would have done laundry. So maybe I should be allowed to take a haircut the same as if I was in prison. Since it's an accident, it's not his fault. Mutter, should we allow him to take a haircut? Or perhaps, since nobody else will know that the reason why you didn't get a haircut is because you were looking for a lost object. People don't know why you waited. Lo, you're not allowed to do it. Because if we allow you, if you show up on the first day of the Yom Tif with, uh, with a big bushy head, and then you show up on Chol and you're all shaven, right? you're going to be like, oh, must be you're allowed to take a haircut on the holiday. Okay? So that's his question. His question is, again, 
The Mishnah gives examples of exceptions to the rule. He wants to know how far the exception goes. I lost something, so I didn't have time. Huh? What's the Allah? Amr Abai. So Abai says, Yomru kol asrikim asurim. All the srikim are going to say, it's asur, srike baisus mutarim, while srike baisus is going to be allowed. Okay, this was a, a expression. Bottom line is, he says, listen, we are concerned about people watching. And we're concerned about people, what people are going to think. And therefore, you cannot cut your hair. You cannot get a haircut. You cannot do your laundry just because you had a personal situation that other people don't know about. If you're in prison and you get out, people know about it. If you lost an object and you got too busy, people don't know about it. Says the Gemara, one second. Ultameich, Abaye, according to your own reasoning, we're now going to be good Jews. We're going to answer a question with a question. According to your reasoning, Hada Amar Ravasi, Amar Rav Yochanan, this the Ravasi says the name of Rav Yochanan, call me Shein If somebody only has one shirt, we'll call it. Somebody only owns one shirt. Are you allowed to do your laundry on Cholamoy? Can I launder the one shirt I have? The halacha is yes, absolutely. Mutter lechabso b'cholol It is permitted to do your laundry on cholamoi. You can, okay? Hasam nami, so too over here. Yomru kol asrikim asurim. People are going to say, oh, are, are all other srikim uh, forbidden? Srike baisos mutarim? He's asking like this. According to your logic, that's something that people don't know about does not allow me to be lenient. Why, when I have one shirt, can I be lenient? Do people know that you have one shirt? No. They don't know you have one shirt. Right? What? They don't know. No, but they don't know if your shirt is... The new shirt that you're wearing is a clean shirt or a dirty shirt. Okay, so Yale, Yale's pointing out maybe they don't know that you did your laundry in the first place. Okay, good point. Back then, they didn't have laundry machines. They all went to a public uh, laundry place. So people would know, they would see it. But according to what you're saying, that is, that is a correct point. Valid. That's a, that's a valid point. It's a, and this is, the, these ramifications play a very strong role in determining halacha lamaisa, practical law, what's permitted on halamoid. Yeah. So, so what about now if we have 10 shirts lined up in the closet. Right. Yale's asking, what about now if you have 10 shirts? So you're not allowed to do your laundry on Cholamoid. You have other shirts available in honor of the umtif. If you have something available, so it's, it's, uh, it's not allowed. Uh, it says the Gemara, Amar Allah, Amar Mar Baravashi, Ezuro Mochiachalav. Ezuro Mochiachalav means when people see you sitting there with your belt, meaning they see you out there washing your shirt and you're not wearing a shirt. So you're putting something else on over your body like a towel. So that's how they know. Right? His point was, oh, nobody's going to know. He says, no, people will know. Because while you're doing your laundry, they're going to say, hey, what's the guy wearing a towel while he launders his shirt? Why isn't he wearing his other t-shirt? Yeah? The answer is, he must be. He doesn't have one. And that'll be clear. Ravashi Masni, Ravashi taught the halacha by Rav Zera. Rav Zera says, um When you have a craftsman, who lost something before Yom Tif. Mahu, what is the halacha? Is he permitted to take a haircut and do his laundry? Kivan Dumanu, since he is a craftsman, which is needed for a lot of things, Mukham Milsa, people will, uh, people will think that, oh, the reason why he got his, you know, the reason why he had to do it on Yom Tif is because he was busy helping the community. 
or whatever it was. And therefore it should be allowed. Aidomo, or perhaps, since it's not as clear what happened as somebody who got out of prison, or somebody who was freed from captivity, or released from his excommunication, lo, maybe he cannot do his haircut. To, to this question, the Gemara says, Teku, the question, literally it means the question stands. It's well known that, that um, there's acronym that say the word Teku is not a real word. It's actually an acronym of four words, Tuf, Yud, Kuf, Vav, which stands for Tishbi, Yitaretz, Kushios, Va'abayos. Eliyahu Hanavi, the prophet Elijah, will answer all of our questions when the time comes. And the obvious question is, why, why Eliyahu Hanavi? Why is he the one to answer the question when the time, when, in the times of Mashiach? All our questions go to Navi. Why don't we ask Moshe? Why don't we ask Rabbi Akiva? As big of a tzaddik as Eliyahu Navi is, he's not known to be like the final authority on all things halacha. You ever thought about that? Why Eliyahu Navi? Why is he going to a- answer all our questions? And the answer is so, so beautiful and important. And the answer is because Mashiach, Bez Hashem, is coming tonight, right? He'll be here now. In the year Tufshin Pei Beis, 2022. For a posek, for halachic decisor to give a ruling, you have to know who you're talking to, not only the individual, but also understand the generation. Eliyo Hanavi, who's lived in every generation, will be able to answer all of our questions properly. As opposed to Maish Rabbi and Rabbi Kiva, as great as they are in Torah, they're not, they haven't been alive in our era, and therefore they themselves will say we're not fit to give the, we're not fit to give the Psaq. Only Eliyo Hanavi who's around, because a posek has to be aware of the full dynamics of the person that he's talking to. Period. End of that Gemara. Here we go. Okay. The Mishnah says, Mibdina Sayyam. If a person comes from overseas, you're allowed to get a haircut or do your laundry. It says the Gemara Masis and Glok Reb Yehuda. Our Mishnah does not agree with Reb Yehuda. The time we learned in her price, Reb Yehuda, Reb Yehuda says, Habam Dina Sayyam. If a person comes from overseas, Lo Yigaleach, he may not cut his hair on Cholamoid, Mibnei Shayatza, Shalobar Shoz. Because, guess, guess what? He went on his own. When you choose to travel, so that's your own decision. You chose to travel, there's a holiday coming, you could have taken a haircut a week ago. When it's on your own accord, says Rabbi Yehuda, there's no leniency. Even if you're coming from overseas, there's no leniency to take a haircut. Amar Rava says, Lashut, if he went for vacation, everybody will agree, if you're out on vacation, you're in Hawaii, and you decide to sail back from Hawaii to Texas. Okay, so everybody will agree. Listen, you're on a. This is a pleasure trip. No, ex- if you show up to Texas on Cholamayid, there's no excuse to take a haircut. Limazonos, if you're traveling for food, meaning for business, because you're trying to earn a living. Divrei hakol mutter. Everybody agrees. You are permitted to take a haircut when you came back. You know why? Business is a mitzvah. I shared tonight between Mincha Marv. Very important message. You know, this week's parsha is parsha Mishpatim. 
Parashat Mishpatim deals with the laws of honesty, finances, things that go on daily in our life. So I shared that in Rabbi Yisrael Salanter's town, the shochet, the slaughterer, decided to retire because there was pressure. There's too much pressure. All of the kosher in, in the town of Salant is dependent on him. He couldn't handle the pressure. So he comes to Rabbi Yisrael Salanter, he says, I want to retire. So Salanter says, okay, so what are you going to do? He says, I'm going to open up a grocery. He says, oh, really? You want to open up a grocery? Do you understand that as a shochet, you have one halacha you need to be concerned about, and that is doing your shechita properly, and you're paid by the city. Anybody involved in business every day is put up against the challenge of stealing, cheating, midvar sheker tirchak, stay away from falsehood, don't oppress your colleagues, don't be not nice to your employees, your employers. There are so many possible, any single one of us who's out involved in any sort of business he says, you're nervous about being a shochet, you should be even more scared about opening a grocery. Because there's more halachas that you'd have to be, you'd have to be uh, concerned about. Now, this is such an important idea, not for the negative, but for the positive. What that means is that when we go out and do business like a good, honest Jew, an erlechayid, like they say, you know how many, and we just treat people right, and we do right, and we do our best to make balanced decisions you know what kind of mitzvahs we have stacked up for us at the end of the day? You know what kind of reward a person who goes out to earn a good, honest living gets? It's amazing. This is spirituality. Says the Gemara, a person who travels to earn a good, honest livelihood. And you come back a Cholamite, you could take a haircut. Because your trip was a mitzvah trip. Everybody will allow it. Where's there a dispute? Ella leharvacha. The dispute is when you go out for a trip because you want to earn more money than you need. So this is kind of pleasure, right? You have enough money, but I want to earn more money. I have another opportunity for a business deal. So, one says it's considered a pleasure trip. The other one says, no, it's considered a business trip. And that's the Machlokas. Meisrei, they ask a challenging question. Amar Rabbi, Rabbi says, I agree with Rabbi Yehuda that you're not allowed to cut your hair when you come overseas, only when you went on your own accord. I agree with the Chacham that you're allowed to cut your hair when you went um, under the direction of somebody else. You had to do it, okay? You had a mitzvah or something happened in your family, and there was a pressing need to go out and travel. Now, my shalobershos, what does it mean you went without other people kind of pressuring you to go? Ilema lasho, doesn't mean you went because of vacation. We said when you travel on vacation, you come back home, nobody says you can get a haircut. It must be you went out for to earn, uh, to earn a livelihood, to get some food. In that case, we said everybody agrees it's permitted. It must be we're dealing where you want harvacha, and still we see that you're not allowed to cut your hair when you come back on Cholamite. So we have a, so, so we have a question. But the question's not done, because listen to this, a Masefa. Look at the end of the Brisa. Then the Brisa says, I agree with the words of the Chachamim when you went Bershus, when somebody else told you to go. 
My bershos. What does it mean, bershos? You went to earn a livelihood. No, that's your. That's not like somebody else pressured you to go. That's a mitzvah to go. You did it. Everybody agrees. Such a case, it's allowed. Velarvocha must be that. What does it mean that you were somebody else told you to go? You were pressured to go. What does it mean? You just want to earn even more money. But we said in such a scenario, that the halacha is that um, that that we're following. The halacha of Reb Yehuda. So, how can you agree with Reb Yehuda and not agree with Reb Yehuda in the very same brisa? That is the challenging question that we are asking. To which the Gemara answers. Ready? Get ready for this. We're going to re-explain what we just said. Hachi ka'amar. Hachi ka'amar. This is what Rebbe meant, and this is a re-explanation. Nirin I agree with Rabbi Yehuda's logic of not permitting the haircut more than the sages. When? When he went out on his own accord. When he went out on his own accord, it makes sense. You cannot take a haircut on Cholomai just because you're traveling back from Japan. That was your own trip. You cannot allow a haircut for a guy who shows up because he was on vacation. Umay nihu, lashut, that's a vacation trip. Shafilu chachomay nechu ela larvacha. The chachamim agree, the sages will agree, you're not allowed to get a haircut when you come back from a, a, a vacation in Japan. Where do they say, uh, where do they, uh, where's the dispute? That is when you wanted to earn extra money. Ava lashut, but just a, just a uh, vacation trip. Maidule, they will agree, you can't get a haircut. Venir and divir rabban larbihuda, and I agree with the, with the logic of the Chum over Rabbi Yehuda when he had to go on a trip. What does it mean you had to go on a trip? You know what that means? Business. As much as business is a mitzvah, it's a pressing need. You got to earn a living. You got to earn a living. So what does it mean that other people are pressing you? It doesn't mean people. It means my situation is pressing me to go on a trip. This is a business trip. Will agree that when you go on a business trip, you're allowed to get a haircut when you come back on Cholamayi. The only dispute is if you want to learn, if you want to earn extra money. But as far as a person's actual earning what he needs to eat to earn a basic living, Module, Rabbi Yehuda will agree to the Chachamim that it is permitted to take a haircut and do your laundry. Okay. Very logical, very sensible. Is this clear? Is clear what we're walking away with? Again, let me just let me just wrap this up. If you're going on, if you're on a business trip, no haircut when you get back a cholamayid. Okay. If you're on a pressing business trip, everybody agrees. Yes, haircut when you get back on cholamayid. When you were on a business trip to earn more money than you really need, because it's nice to earn extra money, and now you come back. That's where we have a dispute. The sages say you can still take a haircut, and Rebuda says you cannot. Okay? That's the bottom line, what's happening here. Omar Shmuel, Shmuel says, When you have a baby born on Chol HaMoed, Okay? You're permitted to cut his hair on Chol HaMoed. What's going on here? You have a baby that's born with a lot of hair, and for whatever reason, the hair is getting in the way. It's bothersome. So, you're allowed to cut the hair. Okay? I'm sorry? 
uh, upsharing. <laughs> okay, uh, uh, an upsharing that you get a three. This guy, this kid's getting when he's one day. All right, grows fast. The greatest prison is the womb. This kid's locked up for nine months. What are you going to tell him to take a haircut a month ago? Yeah. So this <laughs> send the barber in. You know what I mean? So <laughs> the, the same way, a guy who gets out of prison is allowed to take a haircut. So this baby was locked up for nine months. He's allowed to get a haircut. Says the Gemara, the Moedin. It seems that a chola Moed, if the baby's born a chola you're allowed to give him a haircut. But may if the baby was born before the yomtif with long hair, then you should have cut his hair before yomtif, and you cannot cut the hair of a minor on chol Okay, so you, you get what's happening here. We just learned a brand new halacha. Until now, we were talking about a person who's obligated in mitzvos. So no haircuts on chol What about a minor? He's not obligated in mitzvos. We didn't mention that. So from this statement of Shmuel, we see that even a minor is not allowed to get a haircut on Chalamoid, unless he just got out of prison, like his mother's womb. Okay, Masiv Rav Pinchas, Rav Pinchas asked a challenging question. All the situations where we said, you're allowed to cut your hair on Chalamoid, the same halacha would apply if a person is in Avelis, if a person's mourning for one of their seven close relatives, you would be permitted to take a haircut under those, circumstance, uh, under those circumstances as well. If a guy is, is uh, in mourning, but he gets out of prison, or he so on, in captivity, uh, travel, eh? so it would be allowed. Um, however, something which is forbidden to on Chol it's also going to be Osir on Chol HaMoed. Okay, that's the bottom of the Amr. What, what was this statement? Just to clarify, basic. His statement is, the laws of cholamoid haircutting applies to mourning as well. He didn't give a reason why, but he's just saying, you should know, if you know a halacha cholamoid, the same thing will apply to Avelis. Okay, top of Amr base. Biyamra katan isbe plukta. And if you're going to say when it comes to a katan, a baby born, there's a, there's, a mach, um, there's a difference about whether you're born before or after yamtiv. Before Yom Tifron Cholamoyed, Nimtzis, if you don't know how it's going to come out that there's halachas of Avelos even to a Katan. If everything that applies to Cholamoyed applies to mourning, then there's mourning for a minor. That's not true of Vatanya, but the Brysa says, Mikaran Lekolam Neyagmas Nefesh. That the only reason why we tear Kriya, if God forbid you have a five year old child that loses a parent, we tear Kriya on the child. Why? Does the child need to tear Kriya? No. But we tear Kriya to show people the severity of the loss. Not because it's a halacha, but because we want people to realize the loss and perhaps even a way that we can help this child. The bottom line is, here's the question. Don't tell me whatever there's a law on Cholamoid, it's the same when it comes to mourning. Because a minor has a law on Cholamoid, but he doesn't have the law when he's a mourner. Okay, um, Ravashi, Ravashi says, Mika Tani Ha'asurim, did the brides say, it's forbidden to take a haircut? No. Dilma Yeshmehem Asur, maybe Yeshmehem Asur, we'll say that some are, some of these situations are still Asur, uh, like an Avel, the Yeshmehem Mutter, meaning the Gemara is answering very simply, wiggling out and saying, that not every halacha of Cholamoid applies to mourning, some halachas of Cholamoid apply to mourning, and not everyone. Okay. Fine. 
Amemar v'itemar Rav Shisha braid Ravidi masnehachi. Amemar and some say it was Rav Shisha, the son of Ravidi. They taught the previous discussion in the following way. Amar Shmuel. Shmuel says, "Katan mutu legalcha b'mayid." A katan, a young child, is allowed to get the haircut on cholamoyid. It doesn't make a difference if the baby was born on cholamoyid or a week before yomtiv. If it's a baby, you're permitted to cut hair that's bothering the baby. Okay, this is how he quoted Shmuel. Different than what we said before. Previously, we quoted Shmuel only if you're born on cholamoyid. Now we're saying, no matter what, a baby's bothered by the hair, cut the hair. Amar of Pinchas, or Pinchas says, We also learned in a Mishnah, Every time we say you're allowed to cut hair, it's also permitted to cut during the days of mourning. Which you can imply that if something is forbidden, it's also going to be forbidden during the days of Avelis. Now, if you're going to say that a katan, a baby, we're referring to specifically over here, is not allowed to get a haircut, Nimtus Avelis, and I guess, but come out that morning applies to a katan, which is not true, and I'll prove to you it's not true. There's no obligation for a minor to, be, to have the laws of mourning. Because the Brisa taught us the only reason why we tear kriya on the short of a cut, on the shirt of a katan is because Agmas Nefesh to spread the word that Nebuch there's a young child sitting shiva. But as far as the laws, there's no law, there's no real obligation. So how can you tell me there's an obligation to keep cholamoid when there's no obligation to keep the laws of mourning? Amar Ravashi, Ravashi says same answer. No. Not every law of Cholamoid applies to mourning. Some laws. Amar Avashi, Mikatani, Ha Asurin. Did we say all? Everything that's Asur Cholamoid is Asur? No. Toma Yeshmehem Asur, Vyeshmehem Mutter. Maybe there are certain things that are forbidden on Cholamoid and it's forbidden for Avelis. And some things are forbidden on Cholamoid but permitted by Avelis. Okay. In classic Gemara style. Now that we're talking about mourning, let's talk about it. If a person is in Avel, a person's in mourning, the mourning stops on the holiday. There's no mourning on a holiday. Okay? If anybody's ever been in a situation like this, where a person unfortunately loses a loved one and they start sitting Shiva within seven days before a holiday. So the Shiva stops as soon as the holiday comes. There's no seven days. It's fascinating halacha. You can have somebody who sits shiva for two minutes. They do the burial right before the holiday. They sit on the floor. And they get up, they're done. There's no, there's no shiva. And if somebody passes away on a holiday, we wait until after the holiday to start the shiva, even though we already did the burial. Okay, there's going to be a gap because there's no mourning on a yomtif. Of all, again, I'm reading the same words. Ain't no noeg avelus beregel. There's no, uh, there's no anhaga. There's no conduct of mourning on a on a yomtif. Shenemar, as it says in the Torah, v'samachta b'chagecha. A holiday is meant strictly for rejoicing. Says the Gemara, "I avelus to make karahu." If we're dealing with avelus that started before the holiday, osi asay the ram v'dachi. Asay the yachid, the asay of the rabbim, the 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 
the doing, the positive commandment of the Rabbim, which is everybody has to be v'samachta b'chagacha, overrides the assay of the Yachid, overrides the positive commandment of the, of the individual who's meant to sit Shiva, we'll call it. Ve'i'avelos tahashtahu, and if we're dealing with avelos that is starting now, meaning somebody passes away on the Yomtif, the first days of Yomtif, or on Cholamayid, is not going to come. Uh, you need to sit shiva, yeah, but that doesn't come and push aside the already existing v'samachta b'chagecha. Since v'samachta b'chagecha for the whole klal yisrael already exists, your obligation to now mourn does not override it, and you need to wait for the morning to start. This is the source for that halacha period. Okay. All right. End of that discussion. Now the Gemara is going to discuss um, further some of the exceptions listed. What do you mean? So the Mishnah had taught us that you're not allowed to take a haircut or do laundry or cholamoid. And then gave us a list of exceptions. One of the exceptions was a person who is menudeh. A person who was put into cherem. He was excommunicated from the community. Okay. Says the Gemara, Menudah, if somebody is in cherem, Mahu How How do we treat the holiday? Because remember, the whole nation is obligated to rejoice and be happy. Right? Isn't he Jewish? He's Jewish. He's just put into cherem for whatever reason. So maybe the same way a holiday removes mourning, it should remove a person's excommunication so that he can also be joyous with everybody else. Interesting question, right? He's Jewish. He has an obligation to be joyous on a holiday. Maybe the cherim should stop during the days of a festival. Omar Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yosef says, Toshma, come and listen. I'll bring you a proof whether that is true or not. On a Jewish court is allowed to judge death penalties, monetary penalties, and fine penalties. Fine and monetary penalty fines and monetary penalties are completely different. Why? Because a monetary penalty is in the following situation. I break your window. Am I obligated? Is it an accident? It depends. Do I have to pay you the $300 to replace your window? That is a monetary decision. That is a financial decision that a Jewish court needs to make on me. That's, that's mumness. What's a knas? What's a fine? Somebody litters. They're driving down the highway. They take their empty cup. They throw it out the window. A cop pulls them over and he hands them a ticket with a fine for $350. The guy says, $350, what are you out of your mind? It was a paper cup. It's a paper cup. I'll go back and pick it up. What does it cost you to have a guy for for 20 seconds pick it up? $350. The answer is, yeah. Sometimes as as um, as a government or as a functional society, in order to allow the society to function properly, you put penalties on people even more than the value. That's a knas. You understand the difference between, that, that's why how I'm differentiating a fine and monetary matters. Monetary matters is tit for tat. 
You break my window, the window was 250, you pay 250. A fine is when you're paying a completely different, it's an arbitrary amount, completely different from anything that I did. So a court gets together on Cholamoyin and they judge all these cases. Says the Gemara, let's say the people who were judging, the litigants, cannot come to court. So then we put them into, we put them into Kherim. Okay? You put him into Kherim. Why didn't he show up? Why didn't he show up? He's not following the halacha of the court. And Rabbi Yosef says, we're going to excommunicate him. When? Remember, what are we talking about? Cholamayit. This is the main idea. This is the focus over here. We're going to put somebody into Kherim initially on Chol HaMoed. What do you see from here? Are people in Kherim on a holiday? Yeah. If you're going to tell me there's no excommunication on a holiday, if somebody was already in Kherim, and you're going to tell me that the, the Yom is going to come and push it off, you're going to tell me now that initially a court put somebody in Kherim? No, not possible. Therefore, says Rabbi Yosef, I have a very clear proof that there is Kherim on Yom Tif. And if a person's in Kherim, that Kherim remains over the holiday. That is the proof of Rabbi Yosef. To which his beloved student says to him in a way of challenge, Omar le Abaye, Abaye says to his Rebbe, Vidoma le Anuye bedine. Maybe, um, may, maybe what it means with the court is that they don't give an actual ruling. Maybe they just look into the matter, but they don't actually give a verdict of putting him into Kherim. Maybe courts sit on Cholamoid to do some preparation, you know, gather, gather information, but the actual verdict comes after Cholamoid. And if it comes after Cholamoid, you have no proof that we put people into Kherim on Yomtev. The Eli Temahachi, because if you don't explain the way I want to explain, that they're just gathering information, this that we said they judge uh, death penalties. Are you going to tell me that they kill somebody on Cholomayr? It's not true. It's not possible. Because a lot of people are now going to be sad and removed from their joy, from their joy of the Yom Tif. What a beautiful statement. Of Rabbi Akiva. You know what he says? Any court that judges a death penalty and declares somebody high of Misa, that entire day every member of that court must fast. This is not a simple matter. And you're, the, the court themselves has to realize what they're doing. Talmud Laimar Adam, you now let it eat when there's blood. So says Abaye, Ella, it must be Dine. The judges are not judging capital punishment. They're not judging death penalties. All they're doing is looking into the matter. They're researching. so to They're researching, and really there's no, um, there's no cherim on cholamoid. That's, what, uh, that's how Abaye is challenging his Rebbe. And what does his Rebbe say back? And this is going to go on a couple more steps, going to go back and forth. Omar Leh, Rebbe Yosef, says to his beloved student, Imkain, if you're correct, that all the court is doing is researching, nimtseis ma'ana esdinai. Guess what's going to happen? They're just pushing off a person's uh, judgment. You're not allowed to do that. If there's something that you need to come out with truth in, you're not allowed to push that off. Ella, rather, 
Asu mitzafra umayne bedina. Here's what happened. They come in the morning and they look into the matter. Va'ayle, and then they leave. Va'ochle, and they eat. Vishasu, and they drink. Kuli yayma, that entire day. Va'hadar asu b'shkiyas ha'chamar, v'garmin al-dine. Then they come back as the sun sets. They give a gemar din. V'katule, and then he's killed. And then the next day, they have to fast. Amr Abayi, Abayi says, No. Toshma, I'll give you another proof. Umenuda shilecham, a menuda that the chamim uh, removed his nidui. So you see from over here that a bezdin um, only gives judgments that are happy judgments. They're releasing from him, but not that they're going to put him into cherem. Only that they take him out of cherem. Amar Rava, Rava is going to say on behalf of Rabbi Yosef now. Does say the Chum removed the Nidoi? No, it says, It says they, they took him out of, out of Cherem. Meaning, They went, the, the guy who was in Cherem did Tshuva. He did the right thing. And once he did Tshuva, he now came in front of the sages, and they removed him from his cherem. Beautiful. Okay, so if it, if it would have said, and they removed the cherem itself, you're right. You see that there's actually a, a psak to remove the cherem over here, and, and Yom Tif overrides it. But over here, you don't see a proof, because all it's referring to is the guy himself. Why is he in cherem in the first place? So let's say nowadays, there's no real cherems, right? We as communities very rarely can excommunicate Somebody, sometimes we have, we had this, uh, uh, unfortunately, a couple times since I've been here, and that is something called harchakos de Rabbeinu Tam, the distancing of Rabbeinu Tam, if, if uh, you have a husband that withholds a get from his wife against the order of a bezdin, so a community is obligated to distance that person from, uh, from the community. But what happens as soon as, the, as that person does tshuva? They do tshuva. They give the get. They ask for forgiveness, right? When there's no get, they put a cherem for whatever. You go, you ask mechila, and you make amends, and it's cholamayid. Of course, the bezdin is going to uh, is going to remove the cherem. Period. Okay, mitzora. When somebody has tsaras, all right, the person speaks lashon hara, might see shemra, so he gets the spiritual affliction. Mahu sheyanik tsarasai beregel. What is he supposed to do on the Yomtif? Now remember, the law of a Mitzorah was he sent out of all three camps. He separated completely from Klal Yisrael. So here the question is, do we allow him back into the camp so he can be happy? He could rejoice with the rest of Klal Yisrael on his Yomtif. That's the question. That's the Shaila. Amr Abay Abay says, Toshma, I'll prove the Allah of a Mitzorah from here. You're on Cholamoid, we take a Nazir and a Mitzorah and we make him Tahar. But it seems that if he would remain Tomei, let's say there's no excuse to remove the impurity, Nohig, he has to keep his laws of Mitzorah. So you see from here that a Mitzorah on Yomtev has to remain outside the camps. Says the Gemara, no, you have no proof. Let me buy Kamar. Maybe the Tana is just giving us a let me buy, meaning I don't even need to tell you. Certainly, when he is Tomei, uh, we, we say that, uh, I'm sorry, 
We don't need to tell you that when he is Tame, he does not keep the laws of impurity. But during his days of purity, we should say that he, he uh, should not take a haircut because if he does, it's going to push off when he brings his carbon, Kamash Malan. Therefore, the Brysa lets us know that there's no such Gzeira and Memela. Um, there, the bottom line is there's no proof either way about whether a Metzorah keeps his law on Yomtif or not. So let's try to answer this again. Abar Rava, Rava says, Toshma, there's a Brysa which says, Vatsarua, somebody with Saras, Lerabos Kohen Gadol, which includes a Kohen Gadol. Even if a Kohen Gadol has Saras, he is impure. Kohen Gadol, it's like it's Yomtif the whole year for him. Yeah, we have Pesach, Shavuos, and Zuki as a Kohen Gadol. It's considered Yomtif all the time. All right? Rashi says, a Kohen Gadol, um, um, who's, who loses a loved one, does not even sit Shiva. Because it's always a holiday while he's going Gadol. The entire year, the entire, it's always a Yom Tif. Okay? And we say, even he becomes a Metzairah. The time we learned in the Mishnah, Kohen Gadol, Makar of Ainin, a Kohen Gadol brings a Karban as a Ainin, Ve'ina Yechel, he just doesn't eat from the Karban. You see that a Metzairah keeps his status even on a Yom Tif, we have a proof. Bottom line, the Gemara asked the question, what are we walking away with? The Gemara asked the question, it, does a Metzairah keep his laws on a holiday? The answer is, yes. Because a Kohen Gadol is a, is a Metzairah and he keeps his laws. Okay, let's finish off the daf. Avel Asr Bittis If a person is in mourning, he's not allowed to get a haircut. Since the Torah says to uh, the sons of Aaron, Roshechem al do not cut your hair. This seems to imply that for everybody else, for all of us, nowadays the prohibition remains, period. All right? So, this, by the way, is the source for the halacha. When somebody's in mourning, the source for not taking a haircut and not shaving during the, during the time of mourning is from this bottom line of Yud Dalit Amad Beis in Moed Katan. Because the verse says, after two of Aaron's sons died, the verse says the two remaining sons, no haircuts for you. You're not the Kohen Gadol. Aaron was the Kohen Gadol. But the children were not allowed to cut their hair. Uh, were, yeah, they were not allowed to cut their hair or shave. And that's the source why Adayim, until today, practically, we don't, uh, uh, a novel, a person in mourning allows his hair to grow. Bezham, we're going to hold it here. Bezham, tomorrow, when we pick up on tomorrow's daf, we're going to find out, uh, we're going to continue on with other situations, people who are not allowed to take haircuts and give some uh, exceptions to that rule. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening, everybody. Agitenach, today is? Thursday. No, no, today's Wednesday. So tomorrow, uh, tomorrow, same time. All right.